Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Congratulations, true crime addicts. We've survived another week. It is Friday the 13th of January, 2023 to be exact. And we've got a lot of stories coming up here for you. Everything you need to know about the Anna Walsh disappearance, classified docs found in Biden's garage, question mark? And black lives still matter. Stay with me. I will be right back with your top stories. Yes. Super excited. We are all pumped to have James Renner. James Renner. James Renner has zeroed in. James Renner once again drops a bombshell. Investigative journalist reporter James Renner, who's been on the podcast a long time. By a local writer, James Renner. James Renner. James Renner. All right, here we go. We got a jam-packed episode for you today, but before we get started, I have to tell you about something I got going on on the side. Uh, beginning this Wednesday, January 18th, I will be giving a few live sessions on Zoom about writing true crime. I'm going to do five classes over the next five weeks, beginning with picking the perfect case all the way to getting published, getting an agent and doing your own marketing, but also how you research and review true crime, how you pick a case, everything you wanted to know about true crime writing, but we're afraid to ask. These are private sessions, and uh, you can sign up online for more information. Go to jamesrenner.com. Not Jeremy Renner, not Hawkeye, although we wish him the best. Uh, jamesrenner.com for uh, those classes. If you're interested, it'll be a fun time. Well, it'll be kind of fast and loose, but you're going to learn a lot. I guarantee it. Top stories. Are you following the Anna Walsh disappearance from Cohasset, Massachusetts? If not, you should be. Uh, I'm talking about this 39-year-old mother of three. Her home was in Cohasset. That's outside Boston on the uh, coast uh, near Quincy. Uh, she lived with her husband, Brian, there. Brian is 47. Now, during the week, she would travel to Washington, D.C., where she worked as a realtor, um, and Brian and the kids would stay back in Cohasset. Uh, anyways, they celebrated New Year's Eve together, 
with the male friend of, of, of theirs. And then the male friend left after they popped champagne or whatever after midnight. And then they went to bed around 1 or 1.30. Now, according to her husband, Anna left to go to work in D.C. the next morning. She said there was kind of an emergency of some sort, but that wasn't out of the usual. And she took a, used, uh, a, a car service to get to the airport. That's his story. Now, a couple days later, let's flash forward to January 4th. Brian calls her employer and says, hey, do you know where uh, Anna is? They did not. She never reported to work. So both the employer and Brian then called police and reported Anna missing. Now, when police interviewed Brian, he walked them through his activities of the day she went missing in the days after. On the surface, it appeared that Brian was a grieving husband. But when detectives went digging, they found Brian was not as innocent as he wanted to appear. The first thing they discovered was that Brian was already on house arrest. He was awaiting sentencing on federal fraud charges. Back in 2016, it appears he scammed an art dealer in California out of $80,000 by selling two fake Andy Warhol paintings, which is a very Andy Warhol thing to do. Uh, so they took a closer look at Brian's timeline of events. He told, remember, he told police he'd gone, um, you know, that, that she had gone to uh, catch a flight. There's no record of her getting on a flight or anything like that. He also told police that he'd gone to Whole Foods or maybe CVS the day Anna disappeared to get some items. But when they checked the surveillance at both those places, he did not show up. So he's lying about where he was that day. They did, however, find him on surveillance footage from Home Depot on January 2nd, the day after Anna's disappearance. And that's where he bought $450 worth of cleaning supplies, including mops, tarps, and tape. Police have told CNN that Brian had conducted suspicious internet searches like how to dispose of a 115-pound woman's body. You know, that's way too specific. You know, this guy is uh, this guy is is apparently pretty stupid. Police on Sunday arrested Brian and charged him not with murder, not yet. We we still don't have a body. We don't exactly know what happened. They charged him with misleading police by saying he was at these places that he wasn't. They also executed a search warrant and found a bloody knife and some blood in the basement of his home. Uh, things don't look good for Anna. Hopefully, though, they will get their answers and justice will prevail. Um, moving on. In case you didn't know, one of the founders of the Black Lives Matters movement is a young activist named Patrice Cullors. Now, she, she's the one that made that hashtag, Black Lives Matters, kind of go viral. She started it in 2013. And how much has changed since then? Not enough, apparently. Last week, Patrice's cousin, Keenan Anderson, was tased to death by Los Angeles police, according to an article in The Guardian. Anderson was a 31-year-old high school teacher. This is not some gangbanger out for a joyride. Uh, now, around 3.30 p.m. on January 3rd, Anderson got into a car accident at a busy intersection in L.A. off Venice. 
The responding officer found Anderson in the middle of the road, which is not uncommon, by the way, if you have any friends who are police at these accident scenes, and he was shouting, please help me. The officer told him to go sit on the sidewalk. After that, he started acting a little bizarrely. It appears that Anderson became paranoid of the officer's behavior, as perhaps any African-American who's involved in Black Lives Matters is. The officer began to argue with Anderson. Anderson then tried to run away. The officer chased him down on a motorcycle and attempted to bring him to the ground. Anderson began shouting, please help me, they're trying to kill me. Is any of this familiar? By then, multiple officers were holding him down. One put his body weight on Anderson's neck while the man was lying on his back. Finally, an officer tased Anderson for 30 seconds. Now I want you, if you're, if you're interested at all, take a moment and count to 30 and imagine you're being tased that whole time. That is an, an, an eternity. After that, they tased him for another five seconds. Paramedics arrived on the scene and took Anderson to a hospital where he went into cardiac arrest and died four hours later. African-Americans still go around dying in this country, knowing that a routine car ride might devolve into brutal assaults and death. That is, the United States of America in 2023. The Justice Department this week announced it will try to determine if any crimes were committed after classified documents were discovered outside of the White House. Well, this seems like a, a, a familiar story, right? Like this, you know, were they found at Mar-a-Lago again? No. These classified documents were found at uh, properties owned by President Joe Biden. Actually, we learned this week that attorneys for Biden discovered more classified material at an office Biden used when he was vice president for Obama. These documents were found way back in the fall, by the way, but never reported on. They were found November 2nd, two days before the election. They were not publicly announced at that time. The documents found this week were discovered in Biden's garage at his home in Delaware. And, of course, Republicans are having a field day with this. Um, now, the number of documents found, they, they don't come close to the hundreds, over 100 files found at Trump's home in Mar-a-Lago last August. And the Trump stuff looks organized, where Biden, he's kind of stuffing them in a garage with an old car, like some old magazines he's hoping to recycle at some point. But it also blows apart any support they have or hope to have supporting going after Trump for those classified documents. It kind of negates that whole thing. Um, it's an embarrassing mess. Uh, seems like crimes were committed in both cases, you know, negligence at the very least. Ignorance of the law doesn't cover you in any of that or mistakes like I mean, we're dealing with big stuff. And exactly what are we dealing with? What are these classified documents? Are we talking about nuclear secrets? Are there names of covert operatives in there? Are we talking UFOs? Is that, are those the Roswell documents? Whatever they are, they're classified for a reason. They're very rare documents uh, and should never have left the White House. Now, Attorney General Merrick Garland has asked U.S. Attorney John Lausch to review this case and that's a move hope, that he's hoping to appeal to the conservative base. 
um, because Lausch was appointed by Trump, and that's uh, you know basically showing that we're we're serious and we're we're going to take this seriously. But as a whole, <laughs> you know, maybe it's time. You know, here's what confuses me: Why does Gabriel Brothers? Uh, if you're not from Northeast Ohio, that's a uh, discount. Uh, retail store. You mostly clothes, but you can get pretty much anything there. Knock off cologne, knock off Gucci bags. Now, if you try to leave, if you try to rush the doors at, at Gabe, at Gabriel Brothers, uh, that alarm starts going off immediately and they swarm you. Uh, why in the world does Gabriel Brothers have better security than the White House? I mean, how difficult would it be to put like a little RF chip whatever they call those, on the documents so that if you try to walk out of the White House with them, there's an alarm that goes off. Can we do that, please? Thank you. Uh, <laughs> all right, we, we have lots more stories to go. Uh, the DNA Doe Project have sol has solved a couple cases this week involving genetic genealogy, and um, uh, there's some really interesting new uh, Netflix documentaries and uh, true crime shows coming out this week. Stay tuned. I'll be back in two and two. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free. Or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. 
And welcome back to Good Times, starring Jimmy Walker. Hey, uh, there's an odd mystery developing out of Brisbane, Australia. If you're in the States, you don't know where that is. That's in Queensland, which is a state of Australia, which is both a country and a continent. We're talking about the east side, the Gold Coast, as they say, the city of brotherly love. That's not right. Um, but over on the east side. And uh, here's what happened. Cleaners working out of an apartment there recently discovered the remains of a woman inside one of the walls. This was behind a locked area of the building. She'd been tightly wrapped, and police suspect that this body has been there since 2015. Perhaps it had been there as long as 2009, according to an article in The Guardian. The woman is believed to have been between 30 and 55 years old when she passed away. She had dark hair and wore glasses. They did find signs of trauma, and they suspect this is a homicide. Duh. Um, and uh, police are appealing to the public in uh, Brisbane, asking anybody to come forward if they have a missing family member. Surely uh, this is a case for some dogged web sleuths, right? You just have to find that missing person that matches up with this possible body. If you get a lead on it, shoot me an email, talk to the Brisbane police, Let's see if we can solve this one. Have you checked out this website, Uncovered? I've talked about it a couple times on the show. If you're into true crime, it's something that you should have uh, you know, bookmarked on the top of your browser. Uh, it's a site you can check every day. They have cold cases arranged by region, and every cold case they, they have timelines and evidence and links to articles. It's really well organized. And uh, this week, Uncovered marked what would have been Kristen O'Connell's 58th birthday with a call to keep her case in the news, and so I oblige. Kristen O'Connell was just 20 years old when she was murdered in August of 1985. Here are the circumstances, according to Uncovered. Early, in early 1985, Kristen met a guy on spring break, fell head over heels for him, um, Flash forward to August of 85, she decides to go visit this guy who she met on, at spring break at his place in Ovid, New York. Now that's a pretty rural town in the middle of the Finger Lakes in New York. Think uh, the show Ozark, right? Much different region, same kind of ruralness and, you know, weird stuff that goes on there. Anyways, uh, Kristen is planning to stay a while, but she calls her mom about 48 hours later and says, hey, I'm, I'm cutting this trip short. The mom thought it was something had happened up there and she wanted to come home. So we're at the night of August 14th and the guy she's staying with has kind of a crazy party at his trailer. Now, Kristen decides to walk away from the party at one point and walks down the road at 1130 at night, very dark, desolate. She's seen, though, by multiple people walking on the north shoulder of, shoulder of this country road. Um, she's even seen when a green or blue car pulls up and somebody's talking to her. But she's also seen a little bit later walking back towards the party. Two white males are right behind her, walking behind her. Neighbors hear a scream around 12.15. Partygoers realize she's missing about 1.30, start to look for her. They report her missing the next day, unfortunately,
Her body was found in a field about a quarter mile from that trailer. She was naked, stabbed, and her throat was slit. There were no signs of sexual assault. Now, if you're in the Ovid area, please look into this case at Uncovered.com. They could use your help. The DNA Doe Project solved a couple cases this week, if you're into genetic genealogy. Uh, they helped New Hampshire investigators solve a 1971 mystery. A woman's body was found in the woods off the Turnpike in Bedford, New Hampshire, on October 6, 1971. She had appeared to have been dead for several months. The death was determined to be homicide. She was wearing, at the time, a maroon pullover and Daisy Dukes. And they've been trying to find out ever since who this woman was and who killed her. They did facial reconstruction. They tried everything to no avail and then finally reached out to the DNA Doe Project, who traced her DNA profile to one Catherine Ann Alston, a young woman who had not been seen since 1971 when she was just 26 years old. Alston was born and raised in Boston, and at the time of her disappearance, she was living with a man named David Cormier, or Cormier, in, uh, and that was Boston, 1971, but there's no record showing that David or her family ever reported her missing. Police are hoping to track down and speak with this, this David involved in the case. And, uh, you know, that would be fine enough for a week's work, right? But the DNA Doe Project said, hey, hold my beer, um, because they solved another one. They uh, worked with the Tennessee Bureau of Investigation to identify a homicide victim found on the shore of Douglas Lake in 2019, and they've identified him as one Earl Pizzoferrato of Knoxville. On March 10, 2019, a homeowner walking the shoreline of Douglas Lake reported to the Jefferson County Sheriff's Office a suspicious bag on the lakeshore. That's never good. Jefferson County deputies determined the bag, a golf bag, contained human remains and requested the assistance of the Tennessee Bureau of Investigation. Investigators were unable to determine the John Doe's race, age, or even how long he'd been dead. After exhausting all leads, they brought the case to the DNA Doe Project in 2020. The genealogy in this case was complicated by the fact that Earl Pizzoferrato had been adopted. That makes it tricky. The team came across an obituary that connected a number of DNA matches, which helped identify both of Earl's biological parents. Nicely done over there. Let's head to pop culture. Netflix, you know, it's another week. There's another Netflix true crime documentary. We're living in peak true crime, although I think we're fast approaching the end. I'm still watching that Madoff documentary, by the way. Um, it's very good. Uh, it's just amazing. I, I love everything that to do with late stage uh, capitalism, and it's a. Anyways, it's it's good. So go check it out if you can. But I want to tell you this week about uh, there's this new documentary. It's a crazy story about a funny man who became a viral internet sensation, and then committed murder, according to Esquire. Caleb Lawrence McGilvery, known as Kai a.k.a. the hatchet-wielding hitchhiker. He's at the center of the story because in February 2013, in Fresno, Caleb at the time was homeless, and he kept a hatchet with him for protection, as you will. And he got a ride with some dude 
to take him, I guess, across Fresno. And this guy he got a ride with, the driver, started saying that he was Jesus Christ and that he could get away with anything. So he drove his car into a pedestrian, like ran down a pedestrian. They get out. This woman who sees what happened comes over to help. The driver goes to attack this woman, and that's when Caleb comes over with his hatchet and smacks the guy in the head with the blunt end, and he saves the day. He becomes a hero. Now, that alone didn't make him go viral. What made him go viral is the, the Bon Mots, the wonderful things that he said to the reporters as they interviewed him about this incident. And that's when he said, quote, a guy that big can snap a woman's neck like a pencil stick, uh, like a pencil stick. So I fucking ran up behind him with a hatchet. Smash, smash, smash. Uh, so, yeah, he was overly excited. And and uh, they loved that recording. It was like the opening of um, the, the, what's the Tina Fey show? Unbreakable. Or, un, uh, un unstoppable damn it you know that thing anyways uh <laughs> you probably have seen the meme anyways three months after that th he becomes a hero you know and if you're here long enough you'll become the villain three months after that caleb was arrested for murder in new jersey all the way across the country where he apparently met 73 year old lawyer joseph galfie met him in times square took a ride back to galfie's house he says he killed Galfie in self-defense after being drugged and raped, but the police say, no, nah, that's not what happened. That was totally consensual in your crazy pants, and you killed him. So, wild story. Check it out. And we've got another true crime story that has been adapted for television this week uh, on Lifetime. and comes out tomorrow. It premieres on Saturday. And this is, uh, it's called How to Murder Your Husband. And it's about that true crime case out of Oregon, if you remember from last year, about that writer who wrote this article called How to Kill Your Husband, and then her husband ends up dead. So, um, anyways, like I said, Lifetime. And it stars Sybil Shepard and Steve Gutenberg. Apparently their casting office is in 1985. Up high, up high. Can I get bumped for that? Okay. Uh, <laughs> um, so, yeah, don't check that out. And usually this is the, the part of the program where I pull a book off the bookshelf, of my true crime bookshelf, and tell you about it. But there's a new crime book, not necessarily true crime. It's not nonfiction, but it's a cool crime thriller that I want to tell you about. It's called The Hunter, and it's from this debut author named Jennifer Herrera. It went on sale on Tuesday this week, and it's called The Hunter. Here's the write-up. After reckless behavior cost NYPD detective Lee O'Donnell her job and her marriage, she returns with her four-year-old daughter to her beautiful hometown of Copper Falls, Ohio. Represent. Lee had always stayed for more than, uh, had stayed away from Ohio for more than a decade, even though her brother and a trio of loving uncles still call it home because... While the town may seem idyllic, something rotten lies at its core. Three men in town have drowned in what Lee suspects to be a triple homicide. She hopes that by finding out who killed them, she just might get her life back on course. Headstrong 
and intuitive, Lee isn't afraid to face a killer, but she has to do more than that to discover the truth about what happened to those men. She must unravel a web of secrets going back generations, and in doing so, plumb the darkness within herself. Uh, sounds pretty cool. I like it. You know, it's got that Ohio connection, but also it, um, I like it because it's not just another book about a missing or murdered woman. The mysteries at the center of this are the murders of three men. It's a little different in that way. Check it out. The Hunter from Jennifer Herrera. That's the show for this week, guys. Um, it may be Friday the 13th, but it's still the weekend, which means it's time to celebrate. And in the words of the incomparable Murray Saul, the godfather of Cleveland Radio, that means we've got to, 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 get down, damn it. True Crime This Week is a fearful symmetry production. Photo and artwork are licensed through Shutterstock. If you like the cut of my jib, I have another podcast you might enjoy called The Philosophy of Crime, in which I attempt to solve the big questions behind our true crime obsession by looking to philosophy for answers. Thank you for listening. I'll see you next week. Sit, Brownie, sit. Good dog. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads.